As we continue into Advent, we continue our look at the Psalms of our lectionary text for the season, a season for peace. And today we are thinking about what peace sounds like. These words from the 85th Psalm, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for God will speak peace to the people, to the faithful, those who turn to God in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear that God's glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before God and will make a path for God's steps. You have heard the ancient story. Let us listen now for the word of the Lord. My sermon is entitled, Shh, did you hear that? Listen, did you hear that? One of the favorite stories that we like to tell in our family is from Amy's side of the family. You know, they live in the country out on A.B. Jacks Road. Just about all of the Jackses live in a two-mile stretch of that country road. It's not way out in the country, but for us city folks, you know, it's country. It's dark out there and quiet. Amy and I spent the first two years of our marriage living out there. And as I've told you before, I don't really love the dark. And there's a lot of dark on A.B. Jacks Road. I was never completely comfortable living in Ma Polly's little house up on the hill, back off the road, tucked away in the dark. Out of our driveway, the first house on the left is Amy's sister's house, Susan and Don. It's dark and quiet there, too. And one night in the middle of the night, Don woke up because he heard something, or he thought he heard something. You know, I hate that feeling. What was that? Did I hear that or was I dreaming? Did I just make that up? Was that something? Well, Don thought he heard something, but he wasn't sure. So he woke up his wife, Susan, Amy's sister, lying right there in the dark next to him. He said in a hushed voice, did you hear that? Now, this happened to me about a thousand times in the two years that we lived on A.B. Jacks Road. Amy would say, shh. Did you hear that? Instantly, I'm thinking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or some copycat killer from the Friday 13th movie series. I'm thinking the Boggy Creek Monster has made his way to A.B. Jack's Road, and Amy is thinking there's a mouse or maybe just as bad, a cockroach. Did you hear that? So Don woke his wife up in the night. Did you hear that? And, and groggily, Susan said... No, I didn't hear anything. And Don said, then why are you awake? Shh, did you hear that? This Advent is a season for peace. Peace. Did you hear that? If you heard it, what would, would you know what it was? 
Do you know what peace sounds like? How to recognize it amidst all the chaos and confusion, all the false prophets still telling you they can give it to you? Would you know it if you heard it? What is peace? Our idea of peace too often is shallow, nearsighted, selfishly conceived. When I am comfortable, all is well. If the ravages of the coronavirus have not visited my home, well, maybe it's not all that bad. Now that the protests have ended, the fires have been extinguished, the streets are quiet, our racial inequities can be swept back under the carpet, peace at last. In 2014, when the uprising in the streets of our city was quelled, one of our city's leaders suggested that we could then get back to being the Queen City as we were before tear, tear gas clouded trade and tryon. But a wiser city leader said, no, the way it was is why there was an uprising in the first place. Peace. Peace. As was true of ancient Israel and the ancient Israelites, we are prone to let money and power define the terms of peace. The stock market has just surpassed 30,000. Things have to be great, right? We're not in war. We must be at peace, right? Oh, wait. We are in war, as we have been for the last 20 years, and 225 of the 242 years of our nation's history. But, of course, we're not in war. Almost none of our children, the sons and daughters of our politicians, our leading academics, entertainers, cultural figures, our children are not in harm's way, and there are no tanks rumbling across our streets, no rations to make us hungry, no sacrifice required. We must be at peace, right? In a situation that was not unlike ours, the prophet Jeremiah spoke out against the shallow and insensitive proclamations of the rich and the comfortable. 2,500 years ago, Jeremiah spoke. He was speaking to us. For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly. They say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. In his piercing letter to, from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King Jr. said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied together in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. The measure of the success of a society is not the comfort of the haves, 
but the misery of the have-nots. Yes, the stock market just hit an all-time high, and something like 20 million people are without a job. And one in five American children live in poverty. I heard that figure this week, 20% of American children live in poverty. The number is staggering. It should shame every single one of us. One in five children growing up in the world's most so-called successful society live in poverty. 5,000 children growing up in Charlotte are homeless on any given night, living out of a car crowded in with a family member somewhere else, trying to make the youth building at Park Road Baptist Church their home for a week. No, the success of Wall Street is not a rising tide if you are living on the street. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Shh, did you hear that? If you heard it, would you know what it was? Do you know what peace sounds like? How to recognize it amid all the chaos and confusion, all the false prophets still telling you they can give it to you? Would you know it if you heard it? What is peace? It's easy for American Christians to name peace as just the absence of war, the tranquil experience of creature comforts and easy living, to hear the word and to personalize it, quiet convenience for me at the moment, or to spiritualize it, final harmony when God consummates the world, offering heaven as a reward. We have made the word peace a synonym of peaceful. I got a peaceful, easy feeling, restful calm, quiet, serene, relaxing, soothing, halcyon, pleasant, undisturbed. Shh. Did you hear that? That's not peace. Or it's not necessarily peace. It's not all of what peace means. Sometimes peace only comes from marching in the streets. Sometimes peace only comes from making a little noise. Sometimes peace only comes from raising a little Baptist ruckus against the way things are. Biblical peace is shalom. And it means a lot more than restful quiet for the already comfortable in his definition, William Miller says, the Hebrew word shalom in its fullness represented a vision of peace and spiritual well-being that was grounded in covenantal relationship with Yahweh and was reflected in all dimensions of life, economic, political, biological, and religious did you hear that? Spiritual well-being, a covenantal relationship with God in all dimensions of life. Peace. Now there's no doubt that we need to hear it today 
peace. We need it in all of its dimensions, including comfort and rest and tranquility, a little undisturbed calm. But peace only ultimately will come when there is shalom for all. On this Advent Sunday, as we are waiting the coming of the Christ among us, the psalmist speaks to us, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for God will surely speak peace to the people, to those faithful, those who turn to God in their hearts. Surely God's salvation is at hand for those who fear that God's glory may dwell in our land. Now, you may hear that and say that the psalmist says peace is for the faithful, for those who turn their hearts to God only. No. We who turn our hearts to God just have a responsibility. That is the covenant. That is what turning hearts to God, being a people of faith, means. It means being able to hear peace, to know peace, to work for peace. The covenant makes us responsible for more than our own comfortable lives. It makes us partners with God. How will God bring peace to all the people? Cataclysm, apocalypse, the end of the world, calamity? No, through us. We who are supposed to see the world anew through the eyes of Christ. Hear the world's need through the ears of Christ. Feel the world's pain through the heart of Christ. Give the world peace through the scarred hands of Christ. Did you hear that? It's become a little cliche, but that doesn't mean it's not true. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. We are the peace of Christ for the people. Peace. If you heard it, would you know what it was? Do you know what peace sounds like? How to recognize it amid all the chaos and confusion, all the false prophets still telling you they can give it to you. Would you know it if you heard it? What is peace? The psalmist makes it clear. God's peace, true shalom, has a deep quality. It is much more than the absence of war, more than quiet in the streets, more than the comfort of my house, my family, my 401k. It sounds like poetry when the psalmist says it, but it is meant to be lived now by you and me. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground. Righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before God and will make a path for God's steps. It sounds like 
poetry. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. But it is meant to be lived in the here and now by you and me. We can work for it in our society. We should work for it in our society. We can write letters and make phone calls. We can march and chant. We can raise a little Baptist ruckus from time to time. We can do our part to affect peace in the highest halls of power. But it has to begin right here in the quiet of the human heart. The only person I can control, the only change I can truly affect is me. Have love and faithfulness met in your own heart. Do righteousness and peace know each other intimately in the recesses of your own soul. God is calling us to peace, true shalom, but we must lead the way. Interesting how the psalmist ends this psalm. It is a bold affirmation of the role of faith, the importance of people of the covenant. Righteousness will go before God making a path for God's steps. If you want peace, lead the way. God will follow. Shh. Did you hear that? Peace. May it be so. Let us pray. Dr. Stephen Covey, in his famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says, if I were to summarize in one sentence the single most important principle I have learned in the field of interpersonal relations, it would be this. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Gracious God, too often our prayers are filled with the noise of our own lives and our own words, fears, petty anxieties, anxious concerns. Like the person who loves to hear the sound of his own voice, our prayers are filled with the words of our own voices. We want you to understand. Lord, teach us to pray. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Comfort, comfort, O oh my people, tell of peace. Thus says our God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Comfort those whose hearts are shrouded, mourning under sorrow's load. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak unto Jerusalem of the peace that waits for them. Tell them of the sins I cover and that their warfare now is over. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God who speaks, you have given us your voice of strength to speak truth to power, your voice of calm to comfort the afflicted, your words of challenge and affirmation and celebration, your words of peace. But to speak peace, 
we must first understand peace. So speak to us that we may first understand and then that you may speak peace through us. We pray in the name of Jesus, who is called the living word. We say through Jesus in us, may it be so. Amen.